Hello, Happy New Year, and welcome to the podcast edition of Scripps 5 Must Know Things, this time for the business week ended 5th January 2024. This is Ian Haydock. This time, 2023 drug launch highlights, the M&A outlook for the new year, AstraZeneca's China cell therapy acquisition, the pre-Christmas deal flow, and is India at a turning point for ADCs? It was a year of innovation for new drugs. The number of drugs that reached the US market in 2023 rebounded from 2022, and many of them were notable advances, Jessica Merrill writes. Among them were the first vaccines and treatments for respiratory syncytial virus, the first treatments for the advanced eye disease, geographic atrophy, and the first gene therapies for haemophilia A and Duchenne muscular dystrophy. The year kicked off with the US FDA's accelerated approval of a second anti-amyloid treatment for Alzheimer's disease, Azi and Biogen's Lakembi, in January. But it became the first to secure full approval from the FDA later in the year, and thus the first to be granted reimbursement from the US Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. The year ended with two other important firsts in sickle cell disease. The simultaneous FDA approval of the first gene therapy, Bluebird Bio's Lifgenia, and the first ever CRISPR gene-edited medicine, Vertex Pharmaceuticals CRISPR Therapeutics, Casjevi. Altogether, FDA's Centre for Drug Evaluation and Research approved 55 new molecular entities in 2023, and the Centre for Biologic Evaluation and Research approved a record-breaking 17 novel agents. The number of novel drugs approved by the FDA marks a return to high approval trends after a low number of approvals last year. Around 40 new drugs launched in the US in 2022, the fewest since 2016. Despite the number of drugs approved and interesting innovations, commercial success remained elusive for many of the new launches. There were few standouts when it came to early sales trajectories. We are seeing the compounded impact of payer and health systems cracking down a bit from the perspective of trying to control budget impact, combined with, in some cases, the compellingness of the evidence package, ZS Associates Principal Bill Coyle said in an interview. The RSV vaccines from Pfizer and GSK, Abrisvo and Arexv, respectively, were approved by the FDA in May but launched in the fall for the RSV season. They generated impressive revenues in their first quarter on the market, driven by inventory stocking, but also vaccinations as older adults sought to protect themselves against multiple respiratory illnesses. CBER's 16 approvals included three gene therapies and the first CRISPR gene-edited therapeutic, making it a banner year for gene therapies. But it remains early days for gene therapies in the commercial realm, and the launches have gotten off to a slow start, Given their novelty, questions about durability, the complex reimbursement environment for the pricey therapies and administration challenges. In its annual look ahead to the life sciences deal-making environment, PwC thinks 2024 will bring a continuation of what the biopharma sector has seen in 2023. An uptick in deal volume and valuations as the return to normalcy from the COVID-19 pandemic continues. The consulting firm expects between $225 billion and $275 billion of M&A activity in 2024 across all subsectors of the life sciences, but also predicts a better financing environment 
with interest rate risk beginning to moderate, Joseph Haas writes. Looming patent expirations will continue to drive high-spending companies' willingness to seek external innovation as a source for growth, the Pharmaceuticals and Life Sciences Deals Insights 2024 Outlook report says. But acquirers may be motivated more by a need for deals that are quickly accretive than transactions that primarily offer revenue growth. The report cites a plethora of contrasting forces, significant scientific breakthroughs that have created pressure to innovate, higher interest rates, inflation and political uncertainty both within and outside the US, an increased preference for biologics rather than small molecules due to provisions of the Inflation Reduction Act in the US that are expected to impact dealmaking in 2024. The stakes will be high for dealmakers due to those factors and competition for quality assets will be fierce, PwC predicts. The consultancy also recommends a continued emphasis on core competencies, on companies focusing on and adding products and capabilities in areas of existing strength. Engaging in strategic acquisitions that align with a buyer's unique strengths can lead to long-term success, the report states. Now that the zero-interest-rate financial environment seen during the pandemic has ended, priorities are changing, said Roel van den Acker, one of the authors of the PwC report. Biopharmaceuticals, as a subcomponent of the S&P 500, have underperformed the markets despite all the clinical advances that they have delivered, he noted in an interview. I think the macroeconomic environment is shifting, he continued. This idea of doing deals and bolting on innovation that is going to be dilutive for a vast number of years was something that may have worked in a different interest rate environment than today's. What that means in practice is that people are going to focus on deals that can deliver revenue growth, but with the challenges from an inflation and tax rate perspective, capital cost hurdles, there's going to be an increasing focus on getting to margin accretion quicker and closing the performance gap versus the rest of the S&P 500, he said. Just before Christmas, AstraZeneca delivered Santa's surprise to a sector in desperate need of new cash and a confidence booster. The UK-based firm's 23rd December announcement that it is to acquire China's Graycell Biotechnologies for up to $1.2 billion helped bring at least some cheer to the sector in the festive season, Brian Yang writes. All outstanding shares in Nasdaq-listed and Suzhou and San Diego-based cell therapy specialist Graycell will be acquired by AstraZeneca, which will gain access to GCO12F, a BCMA CD19 dual-targeting cell therapy based on the Chinese firm's proprietary Fast CAR-T platform. The deal is expected to close in the first quarter of 2024. GCO12F is being developed for both cancer and autoimmune conditions. Currently in Phase 1b, two trials in the US and China, it's being studied for relapsed refractory multiple myeloma and systemic lupus erythematosus with a US IND filing already approved for SLE. In an exclusive interview with Scripp published last November, Graysell founder, CEO and president William Weikow said the Chinese company was looking for multinationals that could complement its assets with their pipelines and which had an oncology or cell therapy focus. AstraZeneca seems to have fit that bill. 
Cow said at the time that cell therapies with a faster delivery time and good safety profile could help multinationals searching for compelling and convincing clinical data. Quicker process turnaround, faster delivery and cost-effectiveness would facilitate such a partnership, he suggested. Such benefits appear to have drawn AZ to the negotiating table. Like many large farmers, it's now actively looking to diversify to other oncology modalities, including cell therapies. This is an area where China has emerged as among the world leaders, along with antibody drug conjugates and immuno-oncology PD-1 inhibitors. Graysell released new data at the American Society of Haematology Conference in December from a Phase 1 open-label single-arm study showing early use of GCO12F in newly diagnosed patients with high-risk multiple myeloma achieved an overall response rate of 100% and a stringent complete response rate of 95.5% based on all treated patients across all dose levels. The last month of 2023 was a corker for the Nasdaq Biotech Index, which finished December up by nearly 8%. Many social media commentators rushed to suggest that December was the start of biotech's emergence from the wilderness that started in August 2021. External commentator Andy Smith writes in his regular Stockwatch column. More sage observers noted that the performance of biotech companies' stocks in December could also have been a reaction to the expectations of interest rate cuts in 2024, which would make the job of higher beta biotech stocks easier compared to lower-yielding treasuries. It's possible for both effects to be true, but more importantly, the level of merger and acquisition activity that punctuated December played an important role in the MBI's end-of-year performance. The concept of the biologics patent cliff is a common talking point, but that cliff was a more gentle slope in 2023. This was due to payers' fondness for rebates that are generated by preferentially listing branded products in their formularies at higher cost to the patient, thus reducing biosimilar competition. Nevertheless, biosimilar erosion continued to chip away at the sales of three of Roche's blockbuster oncology antibodies, more acutely, AbbVie's anti-inflammatory antibody Humira saw sales fall by 36% on the same quarter of 22 after only six months of US biosimilar competition. This ratcheted up the recognition of the imperative to replace lost sales as Medicare price renegotiation from the Inflation Reduction Act in the US also looms over the investment proposition of biopharma companies in 2024. One way Big Pharma has attempted to sustain profits has been through restructuring and job cuts, but it has also been pursuing revenue growth through the acquisition of biotech companies, with notable examples including Pfizer's $43 billion purchase of ADC specialist Seagen. This deal was among those reflecting the urgency of Big Pharma's need by securing bolt-on sales, or at least their visibility, rather than early-stage biotech assets. While some investor style is known as thematic investing, Big Pharma M&A transactions similarly polarised in 2023 into a number of contemporary themes, and these continued into December. ADCs, for example, have been a feature of recent pharma M&A since AstraZeneca's $8.7 billion deal with Daiichi Sankyo in 2019. Asian ADC licensing transactions also continued as a theme through the holidays. 
Finally, and staying with the ADC theme, Viva Ravi writes that the global ADC market is expected to reach $65 billion by 2030, with a compounded annual growth rate of 30%, after expanding at a 40.4% CAGR in 2018-22 to $7.9 billion, according to consultancy firm Frost & Sullivan. However, Indian companies have significantly lagged their global counterparts in this space, including Chinese and Korean developers, which have grown their expertise by leaps and bounds. Sun Pharmaceutical Industries subsidiary Sun Pharma Advanced Research Company expects its novel ADC asset, SBO154, to be in human trials in 2024. The candidate, in licence from biomodifying, targets MUC1 antigen on tumour cells for the treatment of multiple tumours. While Zydus Life Sciences has developed a biosimilar to Roche's first ADC blockbuster, Cadsila, other pharma majors in India haven't invested directly in ADC development. The lacuna has been filled by contract research organisations and contract development and manufacturing organisations like Pyramal Pharma's Pyramal Pharma Solutions, Dr. Reddy's Laboratories, Origene Pharmaceutical Services, and Biocon's Syngene International, which offer services to develop, design, synthesize and or manufacture linkers and linker drug conjugates for a global clientele. Meanwhile, CROs and CDMOs have thrived, with global pharma majors benefiting from the leverage offered by lower costs of development in countries like India and China and high drug prices on home turf. The article looks at multiple critical factors that could propel India's growth in this ADC category, also examining if the late start could bestow an unintended advantage or turn out to be an insurmountable hurdle. One factor is that the country's current government adopted a favourable policy stance post-COVID-19 when the local pharma industry developed vaccines and drugs for domestic consumption and exports. A national pharmaceutical policy was proposed last year to create an ecosystem conducive to innovation, including an ambition for leadership in emerging technologies. During the year, clinical trial rules were also amended in India, permitting companies to use cell-based assay, organ chips and microphysiological systems, sophisticated computer modelling and other human biology-based test methods to test the safety and efficacy of new drugs, opening the door to modern techniques that would bring down the effort and cost of clinical trials. See the article in full for a full analytical breakdown of the ADC opportunities for India. That's all for this week. Many thanks for listening. You can find all these stories linked via the description below and they form just a fraction of Scripps' global coverage last week. Sign in if you're already a subscriber to access all of our stories or sign up for a free trial to see what you're missing. Bye for now.